Hello and welcome to Arclight Insights podcast episode number 21. This week I am joined by uh, Spanner and Spanner. Trixie is American, so they've got some holiday or something going on. I think it's a bit of a small deal. Tap got called into work last minute, so again, Home Depot stealing him away from our podcast. And our resident Canadian friend is now still over there somewhere. Put some more photos up in our Guild Discord. It's looking chilly over there, I must say. Spanner, how's your week been? Um, yeah, my week has been good. Everything went smoothly. Uh, uh, Tapsnap is literally just texting me now, saying that he's stuck stuck at work and he apologizes for not being here. It's okay, Tap. When you listen to this later, we, we completely understand. Uh, real life comes first. Sadly, I didn't have an, a lot of time to actually farm and progress in the game. Uh, I spent a few hours trying to kill Onyxia, but... Um, I get to phase three like half of my attempts, but then I just get complete, completely overwhelmed by the, the Guardians. I even tried Banshee everything, but there is just so much power from, from Onyxia at the beginning of phase three. I, I cannot handle it. I'm, I'm struggling. Even if I pause the game to try to look around and make smart decisions, it's very hard. Probably I need to, to get my army up a little bit more to eventually kill her like you guys did. Yeah, apart from that, very good to see that uh, yeah, the community is very active again. People asking questions on Reddit and uh, Discord. So it's nice to see. It feels good for us, uh, for the guilds, to to be able to share some of our experience to help these people. And I have to say well done to Gora. Gora actually went out of his way to propose to the... He spoke with me to propose for our guildies to, to use our knowledge as much as possible to help the new members of the community. So well done, Gora, for... For looking after the new blood in in the game, mate. Oh, thanks, Spanner. Yeah, um, notice the for anyone that doesn't know, there is a subreddit. That's reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Warcraft Rumble. There has been a new wave of beta invites going out. It seems from the amount of activity that's popped up on Reddit in the last week. So if you're new to the beta, jump on there, check that out. Um, seems to be more active. Which is really good to see. Yeah, for sure. Really nice to see. So, Gora, what are we doing today on this podcast? Today, seeing as there's only two of us, we're going to do a sort of back and forth um, discussion. And we'll each take turns in asking questions to the other person. And we'll see how like uh, deep and meaningful we can sort of get these questions. You know, sort of ask some intense questions and hopefully have some long answers to these questions as well. Right, okay. So, I guess I'll I'll start if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. So, Gora, let's start quite heavily straight away. Which thing irritates you the most about the game? Oh, it has to be the Valor slots, for sure. Not being able to change them. Uh, I want to first say that there has been communication from the devs that they are looking at a way to change this and have it changeable in the future. But at the moment, they're not changeable. And they did make a change where... If you're still progressing through upgrading a leader, the new slots would take effect. Um, I think it was in patch 0.9.3. But if you'd already had fully upgraded your leader, that wasn't an option anymore. So my Drac leader is stuck with a bombard slot, which is now low, longer able to be attained on him if you start new, if you start the game again, or a new player joins. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to implement changes. Um, I'm hoping that you'll just be able to pay like a one-time fee 
and freely swap the different phallus slots around. Uh, so it's just like a big phala dump. Here you go, you've worked towards it over a month or something. Now you can have freedom on this leader. Uh, it's like a sort of mid to long term goal, you know, uh, which would be really nice. And currently it's a pain when you see like a build and you're like, oh, that sounds like a fun build to try. But the person who posted the build has a different, has picked different valor slots than you did, uh, which makes trying different builds annoying and hard. Um, unless you're just doing like PvE quests, really. In PvP, with the levels reintroduced, it's quite annoying being restricted with having, say, your minis at level 6 or 7, depending on their third talent. And then there's like one or two minis that are like level 3 or 4. It certainly hurts your ability to sort of like test out the minis out there full power. So yeah, I'm hoping they don't do anything like you can change one slot for like 20,000 Valor every like one, well, only one time a week or something. Just let us have a bit more freedom with it. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's probably also the thing that annoys me the most about the game currently. I understand the, the nudging of the a couple of traits not being available in the bottom row to influence you to a certain playstyle. What I just really dislike is the inability to change them after you make the initial decision. And it really annoys me. I, I don't see... I, I don't see the benefit. I don't see what in what way the player base is benefited for not being able to change the, the traits within the available traits. So I think it's just a, a necessary mechanic that just causes frustration and eventually uh, probably make players leave the game uh, if they get stuck with, with certain things. So I agree with you. So what, what about you, Goro? What do you have for me? With the new implementation of the PvP rank on a system what is your biggest gripe with how that system has been implemented oh i need to think about it all right so one thing i didn't like was that they were not upfront and transparent regarding the gold generation of the bots when they put this pvp system out i think it's i think it's a little bit concerning that they didn't include this information in the in the patch notes I actually, myself and Fieldsy, we were actually wasting some of our time to make calculations to prove that the the, the, the bots had the extra gold uh, generation. And then just to be told, oh yeah, we were just waiting to see how long you guys will take to, to find out. It was, that was really fast. Like, What was it, like two days yeah, to yeah. work it out? But I still... <laughs> if that. <laughs> you had suspicions immediately and then you had proof yeah, but in like one or I two find days. It's, I, I know they don't want to disrespect players, but it comes across as disrespectful for our time and intelligence that they didn't, they were not upfront about this as we are better testers. Uh, I just think going forward, if they are doing this kind of things, it will be useful if they are transparent so people know exactly the systems and what's going on and people don't have to waste their valuable time to test things that should be provided that information to them initially. Yeah, I think it's 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 wrong. They should they should do it in a different way. So I really dislike that. I understand the concept behind it to try to some somewhat uh, simulate a reality of the difficulty that will be to climb PvP with proper players uh, going ahead. But I think just you know just be honest and transparent about things. 
still, I think that currently, even with this amount of people, we will get there to a point where these new accounts, they keep playing and progress. We will get to a point where we will actually be able to find real players at like 8k, 10k uh, honor. But currently, sadly, I still get 99% of my games against bots at around 8k rating because I, I didn't have a chance to grind too much this week. Yeah, so what really irritate me there is the lack of information uh, regarding these little intricacies of the PvP system. Yeah, there's like, like I've said before, like Heroes of the Storm patch notes, I thought they were really well done and they were really good. And a lot of the times there was just like a little developer note under the changes of their thoughts of why they nerfed the hero or they buffed it and what they were thinking about it. And then there was normally a deeper description, like a full paragraph if there was like a reworked hero or something like that, which is really nice to see. And the patch notes are all very detailed and descriptive. You know, like, uh, for example, like Tracer's bullet damage has been changed from mm -hmm. 7 down to 6. And the note was like, we think Tracer's overperforming a little too much and she's doing able to kill the backline a little bit too quickly. So I think patch notes like that would be really helpful, uh, especially once it goes live for, like, the top players that, you know, uh, will be participating in high-ranked PvP or even in tournaments so we can see exactly the changes that have been made instead of waiting for Arc Like Base to update their website or something like that. The other thing with the Honor system, so I've just cracked 7,000. I actually, I was playing a little bit tonight and I did actually come across a few people from about 6,500 to 7,000 Donner. There was, I think there was two or three players over the course of like an hour really? or two. It means we're starting to get there. That's um, really good. Yeah. So for those who have access to beta and playing PvP, the top left is your portrait and the top right is the enemy's portrait. If it's blank, it's 99% probably a bot. If it has a color like bronze, silver or something, and then the three little dots are filled in, one, two or three dots are filled in, that's a player because it's showing their current rank Perfect. of honor. That's a nice tip there. Okay. What is the most boring content to do in the game? The most boring content to do in the game? This is actually a really tricky question because I don't find any of the content really boring as such. It would either be maybe, maybe just the general quests. I also do like them still. If anything, I'd probably have to say though that PvP is the most boring overall just from the amount of games you need to play to get anywhere compared to any other like part of the game. Like dungeons, you can just do that, clear it once a week. You don't have to replay if you don't want to like get the extra few hundred or thousand valor from each boss, uh, depending on where you're at with your dungeon levels. You can do nine PvP games a day and that will get you your... Uh, full amount of rewards mm -hmm. for your login or you can do your green blue and epic quests depending on if you get lucky with blue and epic quests popping up it might be three four five six games but i think yeah pvp would be the probably the most boring aspect of it uh, especially with so many bots in it he's sort of you can the bots sort of do the same thing over and over and the amount of time it takes to get up levels is just at the moment it's just a bit like tedious really but i'm guessing that, that hopefully that will change when there's more and more players coming in and bots basically disappear altogether or disappear altogether maybe it will be a bit more 
like what what is this build <laughs> like what is this player doing uh like complete catches you off guard like i think th yeah we pvp at the moment so apart from the valor trait restriction locking players and the bit boring pvp is there any other aspect in the game that you think it could be easily the cul culprit for people not wanting to keep playing beta and just giving up on the game well everyone knows that beta is going to be reset going into soft launch uh which is inevitability and i don't think there is really been a game that hasn't reset after beta so it's not an issue so to speak it's just something to be wary of and to know about something people would come to beta look at it whilst playing the game and think ah this sucks i'm not going to waste my time here not to do with the fact that it's going to be reset or the valor or the pvp is there any other component in the game that you think people would look at and you know what this is not worth my time actually i'll come back later or something now nah, until they change this i i'm not interested or something like that i think maybe some people will get like we talked about it um a few times on different podcasts we're like hitting the wall mm -hmm. i'm not sure if that's we'd have to i'd have to like play through the whole campaign again after the xp changes the player level changes they all should help to stop people hitting hard walls for days i don't see any major prop like for me personally i do really like the game i don't see where people would drop out maybe uh there's a game on pc called deep rock galactic it's a one to four player co-op fps uh featuring dwarves in space and you get dropped off on like a planet in a drill and you go through tunnels and mine different stuff and then there's lots of bugs that try and kill you and then you got to make it back to your little mining rig with the loot that you've got it's got really good reviews it's a fun game and in co-op it is great if you're mm. solo it's okay it's still good it just wasn't my cup of tea but i can completely appreciate people that do and love this game and how much they enjoyment they can get out of it but it just wasn't for me personally so i think there would be like there will obviously always be people that will like think oh arclight rumble that's from world of warcraft i like playing world of warcraft but this game won't be for them because they do like the mmo they do like the deep character customization they do like you know the 25 man player raids or mythic plus dungeons coordinating with like a group of people brilliant okay thank you all right next question for spanner with the recent changes to the store what do you think of the coin chest going from two to four per week to purchase and for a bit of context for listeners there is a daily coin drop which is every 24 hours and can be between 20 to 50 gold i personally have still not seen the 50 gold come up since the change uh, there is a coin pouch for 500 gold which i believe is five dollars fifty australian and there are four coin chests for 800 gold at uh, 13.99 australian it used to be two yeah. coin chests so the 800 yeah. gold for 13.99 let me have a look at my store right now to see yeah mine okay so first of all i got already the 50 gold daily so i know it's there because it happened to me and in my screen it's i still can only buy two coin chests i think they are trying different options for different people and see oh, okay. the data they can collect out of the purchases 
I personally, it, this concerns me a lot. I'm very concerned and I'm scared about the trajectory they are going in terms of monetization. We have been defending the monetization for a long time, our podcast team, and saying that is quite fair, the 2,100 uh, weekly maximum golds that you can purchase in the store. If they start to go to multiple chests and... Uh, this will actually start to be much more impactful in terms of the progression between players in the game. If they add, let's say, from two to four different chests, that's an extra 1,600 gold a week, which is over three talents. So immediately, this will start to affect the power that the players have in PvE and PvP and their army levels as well. Let's remember that. I am concerned that... Basically, they are testing the waters to see how much they can milk people. We, I personally always had the perception that they would be very careful and to not to overdo it and understand that the presence of free-to-play players is important and healthy for the longevity of the game. Nobody wants to feel like they are not able to compete against people. So I understand that they want to make money, but I am now scared. If you asked me a month ago, said, is the game free to play? I, uh, I would say the game is extremely free to play. And I would give my thumbs up without hesitation. If you ask me right now with this testing of the coin chests, I would say I am not sure. So I would I change my stance from yes, it's, it's not pay to win to I am not sure right now. And I'm really concerned about this. I hope they... They don't try to be too greedy because they could literally kill the game if they make the wrong decisions regarding monetization. So please, if you're listening to this podcast, which I know you do, you do sometimes, please don't kill the game for us. Don't do that. Don't try to make millions in the first month and then ruin all the hard work that you have been doing by being too greedy. Uh, don't price players out of the game. Don't do that, please. Earn the, your revenue by making the game fun and then players willingly buying cosmetics and stuff like that. Or increase the, the chests like after the game is out for like two months. Because then you are actually supporting the newer players joining the game to catch up with us. But you are not affecting the first two months of the game where people are trying to progress on their own merits and people are establishing themselves and guilds based on their own merits and hard work please do not screw the game for the rest of us so i don't know if you want to jump in i know that the questions are individual but you are welcome to jump in as well if you like or just think like if you add too much gold into the shop you'll literally just be able to like power through buy everything and then what do you what's left to do really if you've collected all the talents and got all the minis and you're at max level like six months ahead of mm -hmm. a free-to-play player where it's like okay you've got a lot of money out of the person but now i've dropped it will they ever come back or not or would it be better to try and instead of like i don't know popping the balloon and getting everything out at once would it be better to slowly drain the balloon over a longer time but the balloon is also refilling as you drain it so to speak so there's you keep a little longevity into the game and players will play for years yes. and years instead of being a exactly. like you know a flash flyer it's a slow burning fire but it keeps getting refilled 
stop this trend on trying to milk players and try to fix the stigma and the reputation of mobile gaming and of Blizzard. So, you know, this is a good opportunity for Blizzard to actually set the tone and direct the reputation of the game for further projects in the mobile game segment in the portfolio of Blizzard Gaming yeah, as a company. So do not make your, you know, it's, it's, it's a chance to do the right thing. Now imagine that you test this, the four coin chests, and you get a couple of play players that, that, you know what, let me buy four gold coin chests. All right, I, we have data. So 5% of the players that could put four coin chests. This is really good. Let's implement it. No, that's a big mistake. Don't do that. Because when the game starts and uh, millions of players will be looking at the, ch the shop and say, I cannot afford this coin chest. You know what? There's no point to play this game because I will never be competitive. So did that little extra income that you get from those, ch those chests, was it worth it? Was it really worth it? You know, I don't think it would. So do not come up with these silly strategies of extra coin chests. Draw the line. I think the way the game is, it's good enough. Put some cosmetics out there. Keep the coin chests as they are. Do not screw a good idea that you have initially by adding silly stuff that's just going to destroy your long-term revenue for the game. Bring on the cosmetics and leave the coins where they are. Gore, so this podcast is about the hard questions, right? Mm. Is there anyone in the Discord community that grinds your gears and their posts really annoy you in some way? Not really. Not like uh, Fieldsy was just annoying to face in PvP before the changes. <laughs> Especially when I was trying to level my PvE team in PvP. And it's just like you see Fieldsy yes. and it's like, uh, go yes, away. <laughs> Let, 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 let me let, let me yeah. grind in peace. I think Fieldsy is a like Elon Musk Android bot because he's got a computer for a brain that yeah. they're able to track the gold spawning and the chest respawning like to the hot, like yeah. second. So it's like, oh, he's dropped the Cobalt Miner. There's no gold in the map. And then as the Cobalt Miner is getting to the mine, there's gold there for it to get. Yeah. But also like, yeah, Fieldsy is a good guy. Like, I mean, he is definitely able to push the absolute limits of the game like he cracked the 20,000 honor um even though the bots have like 200 percent gold i would say more than um yeah is over yeah, yeah. 200 <laughs> yeah so he's managed to be able to do that so like even the devs trying to make the bots really hard he's figured out a way to overcome that and he did it quickly too he did it really fast like, I think he got that, like, a few days ago or something. So what took him, like, less than two weeks? I think Fieldsy, he could probably, he could probably 2v1, he could probably 1v2 some players in the game in PvP. Oh, easily, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so bas uh, basically you're trying to avoid to answering the question, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no, no, nobody really is, like, always, like, just, you know, there's always people that get you on your nerves, but I always try and take it in life where, like, don't get annoyed or frustrated at other people that don't impact your life in any real meaningful way at all. You know, like water's off, water off a duck's back, you know. It makes going through life, I think, a lot less stressful and angry. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, yeah. 
I actually, I asked this question to you just to avoid that you have that question to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> because there's always so, yeah, sometimes I see people get a bit too agitated for uh, the simplest of things and they're kind of like, I usually send them a, a DM and say, uh, listen, it's not worth it, just stop it. And, uh, leave yeah. the guy alone yeah. i usually i usually i cut the problem in the root by messaging them and and like give them a bit of a reality check <laughs> yeah but yeah we, in our guild we are so blessed i think in six over six months i don't see any dramas nothing like it's really good i think um our guild atmosphere is really good so we don't have any yeah there's yeah. i mean you could probably like probably the worst thing is slightly raise voices if you're like, even though it's all text-based, you know, that's sort of like what I think the the furthest it's ever gotten between people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is... Normally they decide to, like, agree to disagree in some fashion. Yeah. So one thing is for people listening to the podcast, if you are one of the veterans in the community, if you could call it veterans after six months, I would consider myself and Gora two of the, if, if you could call it veterans... So what I suggest is if you see some people with the new blood coming in, if you see some people trying to be egotistical for no reason and trying to win unnecessary arguments uh, on Discord, just do your job as a, someone to try to make the community healthy. Send them a, a DM, a kind DM, just to alert them that there is no need for that. And we're trying to keep the Discord as a constructive place rather than an unpleasant place where people are trying to win arguments that are, have absolutely no purpose to exist. So it's your turn, Gora, since you very diplomatically answered the last <laughs> question. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be a directly related to the game question. Who is your least favorite leader and why? And what would you do to change them to make them like better, more fun in the game? My least favorite leader is Grom. He is my lead. Okay, so before when the game was announced and I saw that Grom was one of the leaders, he was not my least favorite leader. I actually would be more than happy to play with Grom because of the background of the character in World of Warcraft and and he's a very cool and the bloodlust is a cool concept and, and all that. However, I don't think the unit works. I find the boss too squishy. It's very difficult to protect Grom. I think maybe he he needs like some resistance or something. He needs something to to protect him a bit more. Kane gives his units extra twenty percent HP, so maybe Grom could have a passive that give himself extra. Let's say on kill gain five uh, percent HP, stacking up to thirty percent maximum or something like that. I think the unit is very squishy. I think the unit can be very annoying when it gets easily separated from the supporting units, either by Grom himself or the other units dying too easily. And then the mechanic is just wasted, the, the possibility. So I think Grom for me is the most annoying leader to play and I absolutely hate Grom. And there is no way that I would ever pick Grom to be my, my leader on launch because it's just not fun for me to play. And also, like, Drakisaf gives... If you make a deck with elemental damage, Drakisaf gives a 50% extra damage, basically, to all the units around him. And there's almost no drawbacks by playing Drakisaf. And Grom only gives 33% damage to the surrounding units. 
and Drakisaf is way more resilient than Grom. So if you have the option to play Drak or Grom, I cannot see a reason why you would play Grom. So both of them have the mechanic of giving extra damage to the units around him. And one of them is so much better at it and also comes from a faction that has way better regular units available to integrate in those faction slots. So I see absolutely no reason for people to be playing Grom unless they have a big love for the Horde or they just for whatever reason love the, the Bloodlust mechanic, which I... You know, I don't understand why it would be better than the extra 50% elemental damage, but, you know. I know that Bloodlust can give extra damage to all sorts of damages, damage types of the units uh, supporting you, but I still think it's, it's really bad. I don't um, endorse people to play Grom until they make some changes. Also, Falnos, I don't really like the, the leader. Yeah, I agree on the Grom front there. Yeah, it's, I was just thinking, do you think... So he Grom provides a bloodlust effect to all nearby allies. Mm -hmm. And he is a horde leader. And if you play another horde mini, which is an um, org mage with him, who also provides bloodlust, but only to one other mini, it's not worth to play org mage with Grom. But org mage fits in Grom's deck because he's a uh, it's a horde mini and goes in one of the, one of the first slots, valor slots. So maybe a change could be where Grom provides Bloodlust, but allows Bloodlust to stack to two times. So that would give an incentive for players to run Org Mage. And, and then and one of those minis one of those minis would be able to be double bloodlusted. So sixty-six percent attack speed and speed. So you could have like one mini that is just like popping off. And now execute will be way stronger because it could double stack with bloodlust of the, from the execute talent with Grom. So that would be insane damage right there. That would, yeah. I know. Even if there is some diminishing returns, like the second bloodlust is only half as effective as the first one. Like, yeah, that works. Like 16%, uh, 16 and a half, or whatever they want to do. So at least there will be something there that you could play around. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Even if they did that, even though it's still a bit squishy, I tell you what, increase Grom's health by 10% and give him a second blood uh, last stacking at half effectiveness. And that's a leader that I would be curious to actually try to, to play. But right now, as he stands, I don't see a reason to play it. And then the second blood last stack, you could, that is literally the easiest tuning, well, should be there, like an easy tuning tool for the devs. So they can make it like they can bump it up if he's underperforming or lower it a bit if he's overperforming with our other minis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and it would be sort of like a ride or die leader, you know, like all in or and, and and then like you could cheat death on top of that to keep those few minis going, and then like they just you know, but as soon as the cheat death pops off, you know, they're pretty much gone. But while they're there, they do a lot of damage. Yeah. That will make it a bit more interesting. I mean, he wouldn't be more obnoxious than Markai, what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, good old Markai. Jesus Christ. Sometimes. <laughs> um, Markai is certainly a leader that you need to have a bombard, some AoE damaging mini or two to uh, like deal with my old Markai and his spam. I was uh, speaking of um, the few players that I ran into 
earlier but in the pvp at 6500 plus honor i was actually playing Merkai and i was winning in like 15 seconds i think 20 seconds <laughs> it's great it's just because it's just the spam of murlocs is insane it's so it's fun and you can counter it with like flame waker is probably the best mini to counter old Merkai, to be honest oh yeah it's here we just like hit just take out like 10 murlocs <laughs> yeah and yeah especially because the range is really long flame waker's mm. range so it will it, yeah it that cone is gonna kill everything in all the murlocs easily yeah. it's sometimes it feels like i'm in crystal lake in elvin forest you know that little lake next to the to the inn where they have like a three little islands full of murlocs that respawn instantly when you kill them so that's that's how it feels like when you're playing against Markai. <laughs> just like yeah, Marlock after Marlock continuously. You think you pulled one Marlock? Uh uh, you've pulled the whole tribe, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh god. So Gora, imagine that there was a position available to join the war team, and you applied for it, and you got the job. Let's imagine it's a position that of great influence. You will just join the first meeting there with the team. And they will say, okay, Gorad, you proved yourself to have really good insights into the game. And we will give you an option to change anything in the game to something else. Okay? So do not add anything. You have to change something. So I'm not going to allow you to say Valor points here, uh, val uh, the Valor system, because you already referred to it. What would you change in the game? And... Uh, we revamp it to something different i did have like an answer but of like how to change dungeons but it's not as impactful of a change as i think you're wanting the answer to be so basically if you went back in time you go to a time machine and you are sitting there in a meeting when they are creating the very first concepts to the game and mm -hmm. in what part would you interfere and say no 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 do this instead for the game to ch like have a substantial change on something in the game i would change baron to arthas okay but why is that well i mean baron's like who's baron really i mean but everyone loves arthas and i think he'd make a much better leader than baron but i personally just don't like baron and the skeleton spawning seems to be troublesome to deal with I think it can hinder your team more than anything else. Like, Arthas would be cool. Like, you could have it so you can summon Cindergrosa after getting so many kills, like harvesting so many souls or something like that. That would be so much fun. And it would just, like, Cindergrosa flies down the lane and just burns everything. Frost. Don't you think that will, like, really skew the numbers? <laughs> Don't you think it will automatically take like 80% of the player base to play Arthas if there was the guy? <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, people love Arthas. I mean, there's no problem with that, is there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that will be beneficial for the game. Like, every time you go to PvP, you know that you're going to be playing against Arthas. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, there surely will be another leader that you will counter Arthas <laughs> um, with a loadout. I'm not sure. So you'd have a very high win rate if, <laughs> if sure. you're in the 20%. I'm not sure who's going to be stopping Sindragosis flying across the battlefield. <laughs> well, I don't know. Probably Murkai with some Marlocks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I, I, I mean, come on. It's Arthas. 
Everyone knows what Arthur, who Arthur is. What yeah, better yeah. way to promote your game than saying, yeah. you know, oh look, look who we've got here. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Imagine if they threw us like a, if they blindsided us and on launch, it just appears there as a new leader, Arthas, and when we had no chance to test anything. It'd be like uh, when Wrath originally released with the Death Knight yeah. class and it was OP as exactly. oh, And he could literally solo five-man quests exactly. and dungeons. So imagine that you had... <laughs> If you had a, a plan, <laughs> if you had the plan for launch, you have already that deck there from ArclightBase.com. You know exactly the traits you're going for. That's what you want. Yeah? So, but then suddenly they say, "Okay, Arthas is here." Bang! What do you do? Do you go for Arthas and spend <laughs> you, your? Oh, you'd go for Arthas. Even. <laughs> 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 I mean, and if he's not, if he's not OP, yeah. oh, there'll be there'll be a lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that will be worse than. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. All right, so it's your turn now. All right, so in the game currently, we have a very limited amount of healing options, whether it be minis or spells. If they add more in, do you see this would be good for the game, bad for the game, could cause like problems or you'd like it? Would you limit how many healing types of mini spells you could have in one deck at a time? This is, this is a very good question. So first of all, I think that the, the minis, in general, they die too quickly in the game. I, I understand that some minis are supposed to be very squishy and, and all that. I know that is part of the design in terms of how long the matches last. And I know they took into consideration all these calculations, how much health how many hits i honestly i think way too many minis get one shot in the game that doesn't feel right to me because i like to see this kind of battles in center of the battlefield like a like in some of the pvp battlegrounds in world of warcraft when you see like 10 players fighting against 10 players in the middle i like to see that it's exciting it adds an extra layer to the scope of the game in terms of positioning and timing it's very, very rare that you have a battle that involves more than one or two minis on each side. And for me, that's, it's, it's bad because I want to see a few units on top of each other, like trying to, like supporting each other and like where you need to see what you should double down, what, com what supports each other and all that. But it doesn't really happen. If things die too quickly. I'm not sure the healing is going to help too much because if things get one shot or and there is not enough time to apply the healing. I'm not sure if the healing is going to help too much. But I think there should be more healing in the game. I would love if we have some sort of Valkyrie leader coming. That she is a flying leader that is based on AoE healing across the battlefield with extremely long range. I think that will be amazing. I mean, the healing doesn't need to be enormous. Otherwise, it will be too OP. But imagine if you have a Valkyrie leader that literally can heal any of your team units in the battlefield by like 10% of their health every time she casts something. I think that would be great to see. I think there should be more healing, especially because anybody can add the healing to the deck. So it's not like you are completely favoring one leader necessarily. Like for example, Shaman, you can put Shaman on any deck. Obviously there is an advantage to the Horde because of the trade purposes, trade slots. But apart from that, if you, let's say that now you add a, a beast unit that can heal 
it's not going to affect really anyone because anybody has the potential to use it in the decks. I think that should be more healing. I think the units should last a bit longer before they die. And I think that should be more crowd control in the game. Like, um, we are using the Quill Boar and some Frost units for these purposes at the moment. We are using Blizzard for the rooting at the moment. I think there should be more crowd control because it adds a, a bit more uh, the ceiling of skill to play the game is higher. However, if the health bars are too small, the crowd control, it just becomes destructive. But if there is a way for you to use crowd control, but the units can still take a couple of hits before they die, that makes for a good game. That's why when you watch PvP like 3v3s in World of Warcraft, it is exciting. And why is that? Because you can crowd control units, but they don't necessarily die within three seconds after they are crowd controlled. There is a way to keep them alive and the units uh, and the players are slightly more resilient. Yeah, so if they want to make this into a, an eSport, they should add a little bit of healing and I think the units should be a bit more resilient. Don't die so, so easily. Maybe increase the health bars by like 30%. This way, across the board, the units will be a bit more sustainable. I don't like to see it, you know. I know that I don't want to see 25 Marlocks needing 3 hits to, to die when they're coming towards my barracks. But at the same time, if you just sneeze and you kill everything in the battlefield, it feels bad at the same time. So I think there should be a balance there. What do you think, Gora? Yeah, I was just looking at my Tyrion deck and I run Tyrion and Shaman together <laughs> to try and... Yeah. With, like, uh, Abomination. And so currently it feels like you have slow decks with, like, high gold cost minis. Like, so my Drac deck is pretty slow. All the minis perform extremely well because I have a high gold cost. But that is beaten by, like, a cycle split push build, say, like, old Merkai in a lot of cases. Because the split push build is able to push one, two, or three lanes extremely well mm -hmm. with a few cheaper units, but spread out over all lanes. That split push cycle build i think is then beaten by unbound because you can just bypass the entire map mechanics and go straight to for the enemy's core i think adding like another healing mini or two into the game would provide more flexibility for the slow heavy decks to sort of build up steam a bit more and create more of a snowball effect we, we have a live announcement uh exit from uh, a guild just posted, he has killed Anixia with all five families. That's incredible. Yeah, I just saw it now as well. Right. Yeah, he, he killed Anixia with uh, Blackrock, Beast, Undead, Horde, and finally Alliance. I'm just congratulating him right now on Discord. Yeah, so the, it's just our, our guild is just destroying everything. Like, oh, every single player that I know that killed Anixia, they're all from our guild. Uh, Gora here, he killed, he killed Onyxia as well. Finally. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to kill Onyxia. It's, it's, you, wow, that, that phase three is just, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's old. So we already replied to a few of these uh, questions. So I think we are covered there. And maybe we should address the Onyxia fight here for the, 
for the listeners. So, Gora, why are we so impressed with the exit feat of beating Onyxia with five different factions? You gotta level up each leader and their team of minis to a, I'm guessing, at least level 24 at a bare minimum to start touching Onyxia. But obviously, each level higher will make it so much easier to beat Onyxia. So, just the sheer amount of uh, like time and effort exits put into leveling the minis to where they can actually perform against Onyxia um, is really, really good. Yeah. But then on top of that, each leader is very different, plays very different, having to come up with a combination of minis to be able to deal with everything that in the Onyxia fight throws at you. And yeah. it didn't take him long to get all five either really from his first kill to his fifth kill no yeah i think exit is just a he's uh he's reaching the legendary status like filzy with the with this accomplishment <laughs> yeah it's these guys are just wow they are a credit to the guild and the community and actually uh gora just asked him on on discord what leaders he used to get those uh, kills and he used rand hogger palnos Gromash and Tyrion, so really impressed that he was able to pull this off with Grom as well, isn't it, Gora? Oh yeah, that would have been interesting. I was thinking so. I killed Oni with um, General Drac, and Drac was a solo tank in my build. I would not like to try that fight with Gromash as a solo tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... Oh. I think, I was just thinking maybe with Grom you'd want to run a tank that has a taunt talent to pull aggro off Grom. That might help a bit. Mm -hmm. He actually did it with Falnos and Grom. It's like, it's crazy. Mm. How did he how did he pull this <laughs> off? <laughs> I think Baron would be hard on that fight because of the periodic spawning of Scallies. And the Scallies are gonna be guaranteed to start popping those well pegs in the uh, side lanes. Oh, he's going to ruin everything. problem with Baron in that regards is you're going to have to be on point with the whelp counters whenever the Scallies spawn in, basically. Oh, yeah. Which might be a bit difficult at times is you might need to drop another mini further up to finish taking a tower or defend a tower or something. But so. to be fair, it's probably not as bad because the one skeleton will go there and you will pop an egg and just get one shot by a whelp and then you have a single a single whelp coming towards your tower yeah so it's not that bad because the tower uh, can deal with the single whelp kind of easily it will still get hit but it's not crazy you can always use like let's say a like a, a pyromancer or something to be collecting your chests in front of your barracks and that pyromancer will uh, help support get rid of those whelps as they come in or something like that Something of mm. that nature, yeah. So, um, I know you've gotten to phase three quite a few times, Spanner. Mm -hmm. I had the same problem. And I felt like all my previous attempts of my kill attempt were absolutely terrible. You know, they weren't working well. It just didn't go smoothly at all. And then my kill attempt was actually just, like, so much easier. And, like, I had so much time left over. I had so many minis on Onyxia, it was crazy. It was just like complete opposite of what my all my other previous attempts had been. And that 
third phase is certainly the hardest to deal with, with the special minis that Onyxia spawns in, which is um, uh, like a warden unit, yeah. which has a long range, long AOE range attack. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's just they are like two level thirty falnuses walking around, basically. <laughs> But with a lot of like they've only got slightly less health than the abomination which has the highest health in the game out of any mini and leader it's crazy and <laughs> so how were you able to cope with the uh, phase three when they when they showed up how were you able to to overcome them and uh... yeah the trick is timing so as you as anixia has three phases each when she gets um down 33 percent health Mm -hmm. The third phase is by far the hardest is of the two wardens that she spawns in. Yeah. And my kill attempt was basically perfect timing and perfect gold control. So going into phase three, you want to just push her over the edge into phase three, because then she will knock back and kill all the minis that were um, close to attacking her or near the towers closest to Anixia. Yep. But just before you enter phase three, you want to have mined all the gold possible from the four gold nodes, two on either side. And um, there's two gold nodes that are actually very close to Nixia. And then there's uh, two chests on the map as well that you want to get. So you want to be collecting as much gold as possible right before phase three starts and then spawning your minis further back. So as phase three, as you enter phase three, Anixia does the knockback, kills the minis that she was attacking, yeah. takes over the two towers. You've basically got like 10 plus gold worth of minis already on the map, pushing back up. Mm -hmm. And when I got that, just I think it's more luck than skill here. But when I got that down down properly, like the guardians were hard, but they didn't matter anywhere as much as my previous head. It didn't feel like they were just a sort of invincible walking death dealing machines. Hmm. And with Drak it's easier, isn't it? Because you can actually take some of those AOE hits with the uh, yeah, yeah, so Drak is definitely yeah. a tanky, hard hitting leader. Um and is resistant and I believe uh, the Wardens do elemental damage. Yeah, they do. And when the Wardens spawn in, they spawn in two different lanes, but converge to the center lane just in front of your barracks. So you really need to deal with them separately before they have time to walk and unite together because they basically become an unstoppable force when they're together. Okay. So you need to, to try to get them on uh, before they actually meet in the middle. Okay. Yeah, you need to take out one first and then take out the other or take them out simultaneously but with two different groups of minis pushing up so you didn't try to use banshee or anything like that to take them you just i actually had a few different builds that i tried um where i swapped out one or two minis i did try banshee but my banshee's mm, pretty under leveled compared to other okay minis and also she didn't fit into a valor slot on drac surprise yeah, <laughs> so that made it harder. But the Anixia fight is actually really good fun. It is, and I tell you what, since I've been practicing Onyxia, I feel like my skills in the game increased a lot. And also, when I was playing Onyxia initially, I keep pausing the game. Like, I I play 
5-10 seconds, I pause the game. I look around where I'm going to put my next unit. Okay. And now I feel that I almost never pause the game because you, I, you just become so much more aware of I need to collect that gold. Okay, now now the, the grunts are coming. All right, now now the earth elementals are coming. Now I need to stop that gargoyle. Now you just know what to do. Now I need to grab that chest. So you don't and and now when I started to do quests and PvP, I just felt like I'm a much better player. Because trying Onyxia so many times, it just developed my skills in the game. Because you need to multitask so much when you're doing Onyxia and think about different things. So I think it's definitely an advantage for people that can play better to be able to practice with Onyxia because when the game launches, you will have so much more skills when when you um, about the game. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's how I felt. Oh yeah, for sure. And the Onyxia map is actually quite large as well. Not just in like height, top to bottom, but also left to right. It's quite wide as well. So I did find myself zipping around the map quite a lot to check. All right, check left side gold. Okay, it's only got one gold in each node. Uh, check the right side. Okay, it's got two gold. I'll drop the cobalt on the right side to, because that's got the most gold. And then, okay, it was like what, the well, well pegs are going to be spawning in soon, so I need to protect the cobalt potentially. Um, do I like drop the mini to clear out the well pegs and have potentially the mini accidentally pop an egg above the cobalt and the cobalt dies or not? Um, you know, then you got the two chests to spawn, one close to your barracks and one further up. Hot top tip, um, the I was using the fire hammer mini and she can actually uh, get the chest from spawning in either the left or right hand lane, even though the chest is on the right side of the map. She can still get it from the left lane because she's got like such a long attack range. So just finding that out, that I could drop the fire hammer in either lane um, and still get that gold chest was like uh, so much better. Onyxia is, will develop your skills because you need to take into consideration maintaining control of the towers. You have two chests to keep track of, four gold veins. You have to be careful with those gargoyles because they will kill your tower in five seconds uh, if a gargoyle gets to your barracks. Five seconds? Yeah. That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The earth... gargoyle was... Um... <laughs> The, in, in, from my level at 28, the Gargoyle was doing 98% damage in two hits to my tower from full health. Yeah, that's crazy. And then you have to keep track of the eggs. You need to keep track of the earth elementals because they will come from the left and right side and through the middle. Well, basically, they leave it there. Thanks again for tuning in, listening, watching. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe, all those good things. That helps us out a lot. Thanks, for everyone, you know, for your support. And thanks to all the members in uh, the Prisoners of War Guild. You know, so, some of you guys really come up with some great decks and builds. Um, uh, there's, like, some that I, I still use from, like, months ago that have been put up. They're just that well thought out and put together. Yeah, I, I like to echo every single thing Gora just said. Shout out to the guild. Best community in the game, our guild will always be the best community in the game with the most passionate players and it is an absolute joy to be in our guild because the activity and passion for the game and inter help is 
immense. If you are not motivated in our guild, there's something wrong with you because there is so many role models in, in our roster that is it is just like we keep motivating each other to always improve and uh, and keep the flame going. So it's just like Prisoners of War will always be the best guild in this game. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might create other guilds there, but uh, I'm sorry to tell you, we will always be the soul of this game. All right, thanks everyone. And uh, it was a pleasure to be here. And Gora, again, thanks for being such a great host and, and uh, for uh, helping to, to have a very interesting episode there. Thanks, mate. No worries, anytime. And catch you always later. See you next week.